Good evening once again. This is uh, the Right Reverend John St. Germain, ordained minister, man about town, and retired underwear model. Well, guess what? This is the last broadcast of 2017. Uh, Come on back and enjoy it. Lavish in it. Dip deep within the wells of the wisdom imparted therefrom. Talk to you in just a moment. You know, welcome to the last tattered fragments of the year 2017. Uh, I don't, I don't know about the rest of you. Uh, it's, it's been a good year for me. I know you look at the news and you look at Facebook and you look at everything else, and uh, uh, it seems like everybody's got an axe to grind, and everybody's talking about the world's going to hell, and we're on the verge of World War III. But you know, I bought a house. I have rental property. My job is secure. My family's healthy. I'm healthy. I'm looking at the things that went right. I know I know there's a lot wrong, but I've been really focused on the things that went right. And uh, I know uh, there are people called uh, wound collectors. I don't know if you know about this. They they look for all the bad things. They ignore the good things, look for the bad things. And right now, and in the future, and I could be long in my grave, and there'll be people listening, say, well, that's good for you, good for you, your life's good, good for you, my life's Okay, am I reconnected? I sure hope so. Uh, uh, Blog Talk kicked me out and um, completely, uh, <laughs> completely scarpered me, man. I mean, they they kicked me out. They disconnected me. They shut my program down, and I had to reconnect back in. This is what we call Blog Talk Roulette. So apparently, Mercury retrograde is not quite through with us, folks. Be careful what you do. But anyway, I've been counting my blessings, and I've been. Um, Try not to look at the bad things that have been going on. And uh, I, hope, I hope you, too, what we're going to talk about tonight, partially, among other things, is how to let go of the burdens of the previous year, or anything you might be dragging behind you in the dirt as you approach 2018, so that you can start the new year clean and refreshed. And one of the uh, uh, handy things you should know about is our crystal of the week, which is uh, lemon uh, cryopraise. Cryopraise. It's hard to say. Cryopraise. Chrysopraise. Chrysopraise. I have to t- jump into that three or four times. Chrysopraise. Le- lemon chrysopraise. It sounds like a dishwashing detergent. You know, wash your dishes with lemon chrysopraise. And really, that is quite effective. If you look at our picture of it, it's a lemony yellow with a touch of green in it. And... Uh, I'll tell you that this is a, a a bridging stone. It is the traditional bridging stone from moving from one 
uh, aspect of your life to another. And um, uh, usually people are going through a transitional um, state. This is the stone, you help them with it. Uh, it gets you back from that state of um, imbalance where you're going from one state to the other. You haven't quite got your footing to a more balanced and natural state. It helps you overcome and settle that fear and anxiety you have. Uh, it will help uh, open your mind to be receptive to new experiences and ideas. Uh, it will help you sleep better at night if you put it next to your bed. It, it's very good with stopping nightmares, and uh, you can uh, use it to help being yellow. It will help stimulate your, your artistic uh, creativity and your artistic talent and help you uh, overcome negativity and banish depression and things like that. Um, and it helps you uh, with altruism. It helps you uh, become a little uh, more uh, outgoing and giving and caring. Uh, this is stone uh, since it uh, connects with the uh, uh, solar plexus chakra that can also help you with um, nausea, motion sickness, uh, and um, eating disorders. So it, it's very good. Um, it helps you control your appetites in all areas. Really, I've helped... Uh, uh, people with uh, any kind of habit control thing, uh, addiction, smoking, things like that, drinking, things like this. It does really help that. So it's lemon cryopraise, very good one. It's also good here. Get you a piece of it, carry it. As you go from the old year to the new year, if you're trying to leave some stuff behind, old relationships, old habits, old uh, baggage, good one to do that. It's a very good one. So... Um, We'll be talking more about uh, letting go and letting go strategies. Um, that seems to be a very popular topic. I have uh, past episodes on that sort of thing, and um, uh, they get downloaded more than anything we have. Um, but before we do, I'd like to remind you this is the Crystal Silence League, and we were founded around 1917 or so um, by... Um, uh, an amazing man named uh, Claude Alexander Conlon for the purpose of distributing positive thoughts and positive affirmations to all those in need. And when he passed into the silence about 1954, the League went with him and remained silent more or less until uh, 2009 or so when adepts from Missionary Independent Spiritual Church brought it back alive on the interweb, and you can find us at www.crystalsilenceleague.org. Peruse that. We're going to upgrade that page here uh, very directly. And uh, But we have a newsletter you can subscribe to. We have a um, prayer page that you can post prayers. We have a gift shop from which you can buy stuff. Now, you don't buy prayers from us, though. Prayer is always free at the Crystal Silence League. So when you go to the Crystal Silence League... And go to the prayer page, you'll notice that we have, uh, oh, hundreds of prayers. So, um, when you um, post there, I'm going to tell you this. We get about 150 to 200 prayers a week posted. And you'll get a whole bunch of people praying for you. And when they pray for you, uh, you get an email that says, you've been prayed for. And uh, often it's got the member's identification or the pastor's prayer for you. So, uh, you do get that, that advantage. Now, I'm going to read some of these prayers out loud and invite you to pray with me. So, by golly, why don't you do that? And if you have your crystals handy, 
clutch them and pray with those crystals. So let's start with prayer ID 68260, who says, pray for R. And if you go to the page and you remember, you can actually see the names and pictures of the people. But pray for R and pray R receives regular income and health care so that she and her loved ones are financially stable. Amen. And pray ID 68259, who prays that her husband, who suffers from mental illness is who's, and is being held on a $50,000 bail, she prays he is released and sent home to me because his incarceration is causing an undue hardship on both of us, and we ask for a public defender who will take an active role in his defense. Amen. Priority 68258, protection, please, from envious coworkers uh, who wants to take away my job and throw bed bugs down my clothes in the back on my left side. Protect this woman, please. Amen. Prayer ID 68257, please pray for love to come into my life. I will love myself and trust that I can make it on my own. Thank you. Prayer ID 68256, who prays, I was in a wreck. I was hit from the side. My car messed up, and I was injured. The other driver was speeding, no lights, and kept going, so the cops didn't care, and I'm stuck with me and my kids, with no car and no help, do this prayers. Um, so she's praying for help and praying for a ticket to be dismissed. So, amen. And um, prayer ID 68254, please pray that my daughter KJ will buckle down in her studies from now on until her honors chemistry final on January 22nd, 2018. May she study hard and get an A on all the labs, quizzes, and tests she will take from now up to and including the final and any quizzes and labs that may have been done but not graded. May she finish her honors chemistry class with an A- minus or a B-plus overall. Heck, go for the A-plus. By golly, if you're going to pray, amen. Prayer ID 68252, please help me to remove this demon that has sucked my energy and made me very sick all year. It refuses to leave, even in church and with constant prayers. It touches my chin and hair all the time and drains my energy. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm desperate. Please help me remove this demon. I feel it may be bound to me. Please help cleanse this woman and cleanse her home. Amen. Pray ready 68251. Praise for a financial breakthrough and stability. I pray that my projects materialize so that I can provide for my family and loved ones. I pray that money flows into my house and those of my family and friends. I pray that all my worries for money are eliminated. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Prayer ID 68249, Merry Christmas, and I love you guys so much, says this person. And I wanted to say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's to all of you. You guys are my Crystal Silence League family, and we have each other's back in prayer more than our blood family and friends. I know that's true in many cases. My prayer is that everyone who posts on this website get a miracle like never before, that every closed door now opens and every blockage removed, and that you get blessed with the things you didn't even ask for but only thought about. 
I love you guys so much because you're there for me. Stay blessed, Crystal Silence League. Amen. Yes, sir. Prayer ID 68248. I pray for justice and peace of mind. I'm angry and hungry for justice, for revenge. I want the evil done to be done back threefold. I want justice. I want revenge. I want things to be made right. I want things to be made right for me. I want my enemies to be punished and punished severely. I want them to suffer the same things I've threefold. I want the need and justice. I want to do evil to those that are evil to me. I want revenge. I want justice badly. Um, Amen. You know, the best revenge is a happy life. Stab your enemies in the heart with your happiness like a dagger. Prayer ID 68247. Please pray that my check is more than enough to cover my rent and car note. Evictions filed. Oh, dear. I have to miss two days because of dental surgery. I should get holiday pay and have some PTO, but not sure if it'll be enough. Please pray that the money covers the bills. Amen. We used to say, please pray that the butter covers the toast. Um Prayer ID 68246, please let me be sent the right direction and have a better aura around me, attract better. Thank you, Saints Expeditus, Anthony, Jude, and Michael. Amen. Let's get one more. <laughs> Prayer ID 68243, court case and legal indictments, convictions, prison, and asset seizures for Trump crimes, team treason and treason weasels of USA. <laughs> Lord God, please save the Republic of the USA. We are in crisis, and the future of USA rests upon your intervention. May all that Trump crime family and team treason are hiding be exposed and revealed. May all those with the power to impeach, indict, and prosecute put country over party and bring justice to we the people. May their eyes be opened and may they act immediately in 2018 before criminal Trump and treason team pull a coup and take over the country. Lord, have mercy on us and help us. Thank you. Amen. That's a good one to end on. Let's have a moment of peace. And quiet and solitary prayer for all those in need of comfort and support and spiritual awakening.
Amen. May this world be at peace. I tell you what. Um, <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about this whole thing. Man, I, next time I talk to you, it's going to be 2018. This is the last time I get to talk to you in 2017. And uh, people like to say, well, God willing, and, you know, your mouth to God's ears. Well, hell, that's got nothing to do with it. I'm going to be here. I plan on being here. I'm going to be here. A, a meteorite's not going to crash on my head or anything. I'm going to be here. I'm in good health. I'm, you know, I'm 58 years old. Doc says I have the uh, uh, the constitution of a 37-year-old. I'm thinking, man, that poor old 37-year-old's pretty worn out, but whatever you say. So I'm, I'm going to be around a while. And uh, um, this... Uh, I take great pleasure in the fact that this pisses some people off that I'm still around and that I'm in such good health and uh, doing so well. Um, there's a great poem, and I may try to find it here for some of you guys. I'm going to try to find it right now uh, by Tony Hoagland called Reasons to Survive November. Uh, and it's one of my favorite poems. And it's about someone who's in a position uh, <clears throat> uh, similar to many people. Um, where they're a little bit down and out and making the way back, and uh, they've had people who've thrown on them uh, in more ways than one. And um, it's a wonderful poem, and I'm, I'm going to tell you it meant a great deal to me at one time in my life when I was trying to rebuild from some wreckage myself. But I'll read it to you right now. I love this poem. It's Reasons to Survive November by Tony Hoagland. And uh, <clears throat> he says... November like a train wreck, as if a locomotive made of cold had hurtled out of it, out of Canada and crashed into a million trees, flaming the leaves, setting the woods on fire. The sky is a thick, cold goes, but there's a soup special at the Waffle House downtown, and the Jack Parsons show is up at the museum, full of luminous red barns. Or maybe I'll visit beautiful Donna, the kickboxing queen from Santa Fe, and roll around in her fold-out bed. I know there are some people out there who think I am supposed to end up in a room by myself with a gun and a bottle full of hate, a locked door, and my slack mouth open like a disconnected phone. But I hate those people back from the core of my donkey soul, and the hatred makes me strong, and my survival is their failure, and my happiness would kill them, so I shove joy like a knife into my own heart over and over. And I force myself toward pleasure, and I love this November life, where I run like a train deeper and deeper into the land of my enemies. Oh, gosh, isn't that a good poem? <laughs> Reasons to survive anything. Reasons to survive 2017, man. Uh, I'm going to have to uh, – I hadn't read this in a long time, and uh, – uh, I love this poem, and I was in a very dark place one time, and I came across this poem, Spirit led it to me, and uh, I read this, and I said, oh, my God, that's exactly right. And uh, uh, so we, we hear people want to take revenge and get payback and all this stuff, and I'm going to tell you, um, the best revenge is a happy life. It really is. Uh, if you truly want to harm the people who want to harm you, be happy and let them see it. Now, I don't. I don't care. I don't care. Uh, you know, if people are hurting me, and uh, um, it, you know, they're just hurting themselves. Uh, there's a great wisdom if you think about that. You know, when you hurt other people, you're hurting yourself. Uh, the old saying is that 
it's it's like drinking poison, ho- poison hoping somebody else will get sick, and that's very true. That's all it will do for you. So we're going to discuss ways to let all that go. Uh, a friend of mine was quoting me. He said, you know, revenge is a dish best served cold. That's a Star Trek quote. I said, well, actually, that's uh, Talleyrand, the uh, French ambassador who lived in the 1800s. It goes way back, you know, like to the 1780s. You know, uh, uh, Talleyrand, who was a French ambassador, said, uh, uh, Reve- revenge is a dish best eaten while cold. And in the original French, it sounds very elegant, but revenge is a dish best eaten while cold. And, um, uh, you know, that means you're supposed to wait, you know, wait until no one is looking and then boom, get on them. But I'm going to tell you this, man, if you hold a grudge, you're, it's binding you. It's just binding you to the past. So the first thing to let go, uh, let go of this stuff is to forgive, man. Uh, all that resentment's doing is keeping you tied to the past, and you can't move forward as long as you have resentment. When someone tells me they haven't been able to get a job in two years, they've been applying for, so you've been applying. Oh yeah, I've applied for all kinds of jobs. You're still angry and resentful about your last job. You got screwed. Oh my God, those people. Well, you're carrying that man with you, and whoever's interviewing you, they don't know why, but they know something's up with you, and they don't. They're not going to hire you. Um, and um, you have to detach from ego and stuff and not take resentment. Um, and that, that, that's hard. It takes work. You know, uh, people post stuff about you or say something to you. Maybe you're on a thread talking and some guy comes in and says some crap about you. You know, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. And you go, well, how dare he? Man, I'm going to stay up all night thinking about this and in the morning chew him out. Uh, no, no. Don't expend that energy defending yourself. Don't take things personally. Nothing is personal. Don't take anything personal. Make that your motto. Nothing is personal. Don't take it personal. And uh, there's a very deep part of you that is your essence. This is your true self, your authentic self, and nobody knows anything about that. Nobody can touch that. You're the only person, you and your God, who know what that is and who that is. This is your true self, your true name, your true face. Nobody else knows that. And there are the two two um, guidelines I always take. If somebody says something about me, I examine it. Is it true? If it's true, I can't take offense by it. I can learn from it, but I, I'm not going to take offense by it. And is it false? If it's false, how can I be mad about it if it's not real? But I can still learn from it. And uh, basically I can learn, you know, why is this schmuck saying this stuff about me? You know, find the motives and uh, – you know, see what see why somebody's talking crap about you, but don't take it personally. That's where the the coldness comes in, the attachment, not revenge. I don't care. Um, you know, I'm not going to destroy anybody. People who are who are t- trying to hurt you, they're destroying themselves, man. They're they're chipping away at their soul. And I'm going to tell you that a lot of times when people are doing this, they're grieving. They're in pain and they're grieving. So they haven't learned to process it. And so if you want to avoid uh, being a wound collector, and I want to tell you what that means in a minute, process grief. Learn to do it. You may have lost a lot of things. You may have lost a loved one. You may have lost a pet. You may have lost a job you love, a career. You may have lost an arm, and you can't play the banjo anymore. But you got to honor it. you got to honor it. Uh, what's going to ruin you though is if you hang on to it honor it um, and uh, move forward with it 
maybe you broke up from a, in a relationship and, and it's just, it's just, oh man, it's just tearing at you. Um, honor it and let it go. And I'll tell you, if that person is meant to come back to you, they will. You'll hear from them again. But if they're not, you got to let them go. And um, meditation helps if you meditate every day. The two things you got to do, you got to exercise your mind and exercise your body. And if you exercise your mind and you meditate and listen to all that crap that goes on in your mind, just listen to it, meditate. Uh, you'll find some inner peace from it. You, it won't have as much power over you. And exercise. Uh, a lot of stress that we store up, that energy's got to go somewhere. It's got to go somewhere. And uh, human beings are energy systems. We store energy. We store emotional, mental, physical energy. And if you're storing up stress and you're storing up anger and there's nowhere for it to go, it will express itself somehow. It's going to explode out like a lightning bolt. So exercise your mind and exercise your body. And if you, uh, if, you're, if you walk, every time you set your foot down, put that stress into the earth. The earth will take it. You know, heck, the earth, take anything you want to give it. Give it to the earth. When you meditate, give it to the universe. And uh, th- these two simple things will do it. If you like to play tennis or golf, when you hit that ball, go boom and just send that stress away. Get it out of you, but express it. And on the subject of expression, uh, within each of us is a yearning for self-expression. And we all have this. I don't care who you are. People say, well, I'm not creative. No, but you, maybe, maybe everybody's creative. We are all fragments of the divine mind. We, we're part of the creative process. We're creation. And we have the capacity to create. We all yearn to create in some way. And find a way to express yourself. And you find your voice. You find your means of expression. And you share this with the people that you trust first. Don't just throw it out there in the world because, man, all you got to do is go to YouTube and somebody plays the piano or performs and they're the, they're the soul crushers. You know, they come on and, uh, you know, say, fake, you suck. You know, at 2 minutes, 30 seconds and 0.1 millisecond, there was an epic fail on the C note. And it's like, man, if, you can, if you're sitting there in your parents' basement – going frame by frame waiting for somebody to fumble on a single note in a concerto, dude, you don't have a single bit of life, and you probably have never been late even once. So express yourself. Uh, dance and create art and draw, paint, make music, sing, cook. And if you make cookies, send them to me. Uh, grow a garden. Uh, make an aquarium. Make some little corner in your basement, an aquarium where everything is perfect for those little guys. Uh, do something, but express and by the way, uh, posting uh, GIFs and memes on Facebook is not creative self-expression. That does not count. Uh, <clears throat> fear. Terrible thing. I'm going to tell you, fear and stress will kill you. And uh, as you move through life and you're afraid, you close your mind, you guard your hearts, and um, you, you shut out people and experiences and life. Fear is the enemy of life. And I'm going to tell you that um, a lot of people are afraid. Uh, in my practice, I say, what's the wor-? I always ask them, what's the worst case scenario here? What's the worst thing that's going to happen when they're afraid of something? What's the worst thing that's going to happen? Let's, let's talk about that. A lot of times they say, I don't know. So it's fear of the unknown. What's the worst thing? It just 
okay, say so you say, well, I think I'd like to just jump on the plane and go to New York, which I did one time. I just got in my car one day. I told my son, I'm going to New York. He goes, when? I said, now. <laughs> I got in my car and drove 12 hours and went to New York. And uh, and uh, I called my friends and said, hey, I'm coming up here to see you guys. I go, when? I said, well, I'll be there in about six hours. And they were like, well, I'll wait. <laughs> I said, yeah, <laughs> about six hours, man. Plan something for us to do. We're going we're gonna to have some fun. And, uh, and what's the worst thing that can happen? And uh, you know there are people call me and say, man, I just got to confront. I got. I said, well, confront that person. Well, oh my God, I'm. So, well, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You know, is the earth going to open up and swallow you? You know, is a lightning bolt going to hit you? No. You know, they, they may say something harsh to you. Well, okay, big deal. Uh, you know, I know people who uh, would be rich today if they could pick up the phone and talk to strangers. If they could just go through a mailing list, a calling list, and pick up the phone. And say, hi, I have this service. Do you need me? And they're so afraid of picking up that phone, they're in miserable conditions. Uh, so you got to get rid of that. Also, the enemy of fear is laughter. And if you can find something to laugh at, um, loosen your grip. Laugh at things. And uh, where I'm from in the South, we have kind of a dark sense of humor down here. We We say things, and people who are not familiar with us, they think, my God, you guys are sick. But uh, and my family's worse than anybody. If you get us all together, um, you know, we talk about the departed members of our family, and we're very dark humor about it. And people are like, you guys are morbid. Oh well, you got to get to know us. But uh, we 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 keep the shadows back by laughing at it, and uh, um, that's why. Uh, you know, I, I kind of have this dry and sarcastic sense of humor. Those who know me well know that. And you know that's really why, because that's what got me through growing up was being sarcastic and laughing at stuff that would have uh, destroyed me otherwise. And uh, there's a tendency now, <clears throat> it seems, to be butt hurt. And I love that term, butt hurt. Be offended, and uh, uh, open open minds, man. Don't be so easily be offended, for, uh, because every time you're offended, you're collecting hurt. And there there's an actual. Uh, phenomena called hurt collection or wound collection or grievance collecting. And uh, these are people who ignore all the positive and only focus on the negative. And they'll do that in your relationships. If you're a friend with them, they'll ignore all the good you've done and just collect all the negative you've done. And in uh, transactional analysis, they call that trading stamps. They collect trading stamps. And you can have the, the bad trading stamps or the good ones. And so they'll collect these offenses like trading stamps, all the bad things that you've ever said or done. But they ignore all the good things, and that's the way they are with everything. They they go around just looking for reasons to be offended, and they collect it like trading stamps. And uh, they're hurt collectors, and no amount of reasoning, once they've decided they're hurt, will get them to let go of it. Because remember, they're collectors. You know, it's like you are. If you're collecting comic books, you want every one of them, right? You want one, two, three, four, five, six. If you don't have seven, you go to eight. You'll, you'll go crazy trying to collect seven. Well, that's why they are. They collect grievances. They collect hurts. And so, no amount of reasoning. And now I'm going to tell you, though, that typically when you collect enough of those uh, poker chips, those trading stamps, uh, you trade them in at some point. And if they're the bad trading stamps, you trade them in for uh, getting fired, broken relationships, alienation of other people. And if you keep collecting them, there's mental illness, there's suicide, there's homicide. I'm serious. Um so you collect the good trading stamps. You, you uh, minimize the negative and think of the positive. These are called strokes. 
the thing, nice things that people say, the nice things that people do. This is sometimes called the charitable assumption. When people say something, you assume the charitable assumption that they meant it in the in the most positive way, rather than the tendency you see, especially on Facebook and social media, for a lot of people to take it in the worst possible way. You know, you say, um, <clears throat> "Man, I'm in a black mood." Oh, you racist! You're a, you're a racist. Why is black negative? You're a racist. You know, and uh, no, I'm not a racist. I'm just in a dark mood. Ah, oh, dark, right? Like black people. Ah, oh, you're a racist. This actual conversation took place. I, I'm not making this up. And uh, um, so, uh, no, you know, I mean, come on, man. There, there's real racists. There are guys walking around with skinned heads with, with swastikas tattooed to their head. They're they're racists. Not somebody who says I'm in a dark mood. That's not racism. Uh, there's a, a, a pseudo uh, uh, a conflict going on now. I mean, it's a pseudo issue, cultural appropriation. Uh, um, you know, somebody uh, has a picture up from uh, uh, India. Oh, you're you're you're. It's cultural appropriation. You know, you're appropriating their culture or something. No, no, you're not. And I, I'm, I'll be glad when that phase passes. Um, you know, um, I'm Native American. I'm anywhere from forty to 60% Native American, and I was never offended by uh, the Cleveland Indians. You know, that, that's a cartoon. Uh, you know, the tomahawk chalk and stuff. Chalk. I was never offended by that. And you know what I was offended by? Um, people signing a contract that, you know, we could keep the land and then coming in and kicking us off. That offends me. That's something real to be offended about, not a cartoon. Not a cartoon. You know, Frito Bandito, um, Pepe Le Pew, uh, Speedy Gonzalez, they're cartoons. There are very real things to be offended about. Don't waste your energy on that crap. Open your mind. Don't be rigid. Um, I hate to say it, black and white thinking. That's a term. It's not racial. Uh, so uh, learn acceptance. Learn to accept things the way they are. Uh, don't beat yourself over for past mistakes. Um, don't wish that things were the way they used to be. Like, oh, I remember back this. Don't compare yourself now to the way you were when you were 20. You know, hell, I'm almost 60. You know, look, you know, man, when I was 20, you could see the muscles in my stomach. Not now you can't, but, you know, my mind is better. So uh, get rid of all that. Don't should yourself to death. Uh, don't dwell on the things you've done wrong. Don't, don't be a, a wound collector of your own life. Don't look back and say, look at all the failures and things I've done and people I've hurt. Look ahead. Look ahead. Um, anytime that happens, if you find yourself um, dwelling on the past and mourning or projecting into the future and being afraid, pull back into the present because all these emotions are time projected. Fear is usually you're afraid of something that happened in the past happening again, or you're afraid of something that's going to happen that hasn't. You're very rarely afraid of the present. I've been in car wrecks bad ones. And at the time, I wasn't afraid at all. I was too in the moment. Uh, afterward, I thought, God, I could have been killed. I, you know, and things like that. So, But now I tell you, when I drive and people are driving crazy, I get this little bit of fear. I thought, you know, man, that, that I could have that car wreck again. But it's always what could happen or what may have happened in the past. Pull yourself back into the present. If you find yourself, you know, guilt about the past, you know, I did these terrible things in the past. Pull yourself back into the present. You're not going to change that. So you have to be compassionate, not only with others, but with yourself. You've got to start with yourself. So, you know, you said the wrong thing. You did something dumb. 
you know, gosh, we all have. Um, so, uh, you know, forgive yourself like you'd forgive other people. Now, if you're not forgiving other people, you can't forgive yourself. You know, if you're, you know, if you're a wound collector, <laughs> you're not going to forgive other people. But so you got to learn to forgive. And, um, <clears throat> and this is very important. What I'm about to tell you right now is very important. Um, there are people who, and, uh, who are bad for you. There are people who are bad for you. And recognize these people and avoid them. I know that sounds like you're not being compassionate, but there are people who deliberately will take advantage of you. Um, I wanted to talk about this uh, last week, especially to talk about spirits. Uh, there are people who are, who are friend stealers, uh, for instance. And, uh, you know, like you have a group of friends and then somebody new appears. You know, say you meet someone at work and say, well, why don't you come over to my party and meet some people? Well, immediately <clears> – <throat> They get everybody's names and phone numbers, and they start texting them and Facebook friending them. And sometimes they'll show up at their house. They'll call them up and invite them to go out to movie dates with them and stuff. And all of a sudden, all of your friends become their friends. And a lot of times, they don't want to be. They're like, you know that friend you brought in from work? You know, uh, what's her name? She's like calling me all the time, wanting to go out on a movie. And she came by my house. You know, they're, they're friend stealers. And you know what? In the spiritual community, you'll find people that are spirit god stealers, um, and I've had several as clients, and that's the fastest. That's one of the fastest ways to get dismissed as one of my clients. Uh, uh, <clears throat> one of my spirit guides is my great grandmother, and uh, I'll sometimes we'll be doing a reading. I'll say, you know, my my grandmother. I call her grandmother. Um, uh, gives us insight I go oh your grandmother loves me I just see her and she's smiling at me and she's uh, she's uh, putting her hand out and giving me a hug and I, I just love her and uh, I want to start working with her well I'm going to tell you this my gran- great-grandmother was a mean-ass old mountain woman and she never smiled at anybody in her life and she never liked anybody in her life and if she's smiling at you honey it's not my grandmother maybe one of your spirit guides or perhaps you're bullshitting me but they become spirit god sealers and they say, yes, I was talking to your grandmother the other night, and she said, uh, okay, we're, we're done. You know, we're done. Because, you know, my grandma, my grandma says, this is, a, this is a crazy son of a bitch or a crazy bitch, and get rid of him. Let's go to station identification, and we'll be right back in just a minute. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, Fit and Foxy, Madame Nadia and Jaya Danya, Wednesdays, 6 to 7, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. LMC Radio Network. Isn't, isn't it great? Um, the Forced Friendship. Um, these are people who decided they're going to be your best friend whether you want them to or not. So all of a sudden, you know, they're texting you, they're calling you, they're social media you, they're showing up at your house, they're calling you to go out, movie dates, they uh, burden you very, 
very closely with the, you know, they have boundary issues. So they almost immediately, I feel like we were friends in a previous life. I feel like we were lovers in a previous life. I feel like we have a connection. It's like, okay, I, I'm not feeling that. And and so you find yourself with a friend you really don't want. And you find these friendships are two-sided, or one-sided, I'm sorry. Um, they'll come over you know, and help you with your dishes, and then they'll want to borrow $1,000. And you say, well, I really can't. Well, you know, remember that time I came and helped you with your housework? I thought we were friends. You know, or they'll do that. They'll uh, they'll come over and uh, help you wash your car, and then they have to move uh, an entire five-bedroom house full of furniture. Can you come and help me move? Well, who else is coming? Well, it'll just be me and you. Uh, that's, you know, I really was going to spend time with my family. Well, I helped you with your house. You know, it's always one-sided that way. And uh, learn learn to get these people out of your life. They know exactly what they're doing. Don't. Don't think, okay, well, they don't know any better, they're lonely, they're uh, um, uh, they're needy, they need friends and stuff. No, no, learn, learn, no, no, get rid of them. This is very important. You should have a good social support, you should have a good support network, <clears throat> and you should have firm boundaries in all your relationships, all of them, every one of them, even with your cat, even with yourself. You've got to have boundaries, firm boundaries, and you you have to say, that's that's enough, you know. I have a uh, I have a friend who always tries to get me to drink with him. I mean, he'll bring beer and stuff, and I'll say I don't drink. Well, come on, man, have a drink with me. No, I don't drink. Oh, come on, man. Oh, usually he's drunk. I, you know, I don't drink, and I'm just very firm. Well, what's uh, you, you think bad of me because I drink? I do not. So he'll try every trick. You know, you think bad of me? I, I like. To, I know I drink. I shouldn't be drinking. I'm, you probably think I'm. I'm an idiot. And, no, I don't. I just don't drink. And so, you know, you, you keep your boundary. And if it goes too far, I just say, you know what? I got to. I got to go. And I'll talk to you tomorrow when you're not drunk. And I, I mean, that's. I, I call it like I say. When you're not drunk, we'll talk. And I'll. I'll be glad to. You know, we'll sit down, talk, have some fun. But and of course, oh, I'm so sorry about yesterday. I hate for you to see me that way. Well, then stop doing it. You know, sit boundaries and enforce them i spend a lot of time on that because really that's an important thing there there are people who spend entire relationships uh, you know they're like why why are you in this marriage where you don't like you don't even love the guy or love the girl well it kind of started like this and then and it, it was a forced relationship and now they don't know how to get out of it once you're in it it's it's a lot harder to get out of it <clears throat> How many of us have stuff we don't need? You'll go to the store and buy it, take it home, and say, I don't even know why I bought this. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you that some time ago, um, salespeople realized that there was a science to getting you to buy stuff. And they, they used archetypal symbols. They used a lot of psychology. Um, they used subliminal suggestion. They used, you know, for instance, like a triangle is less likely to get, to get you to buy something than a circle. And um, uh, stars, people love stars, you know, things like this. So um, you buy stuff, and you, and you, you, why did I even buy this? So we have a house full of stuff we don't even need. So once a year or twice a year, go through and get rid of it. Do you know I have electronics in bins and boxes from the 90s? I have computer peripherals from the 90s because I think someday this is going to come back. Oh, for God's sake, I got video sampling equipment. You don't even need it anymore. You can just 
USB. Why, do, why am I holding on to this stuff? Well, it's so cool, for one thing. Uh, the technology and the engineering was so cool. But, man, I, can't, I, I want to give it to somebody who will use it. I don't want to just throw it away. You take it to Goodwill, they go, well, this is about 30 years out of date. <laughs> so, but, so get, but, you know, I, I am going to get rid of it. I just closed my storage unit down and brought everything over to my house, and I'm looking at all this stuff, and I'm saying, i got to get rid of some of this stuff. i got books that I don't need anymore and all kinds of stuff. Uh, <clears throat> another thing, learn to breathe right. Most people don't breathe right. People breathe like this. <sighs> learn to breathe correctly. You you breathe diaphragmically. You breathe from your belly. Take it in deep. Hold it. Let it all out. That little wheeze at the end. That's the part of breathing most people don't do. Most people go like this. That means you almost always have bad air in your lungs. That little wheeze at the end. That's that extra little oomph where you pull your diaphragm in. You learn to do that when you're a yoga. Um, you uh, suck your belly in. It's called a tummy vacuuming. You suck it in so your rib cage protrudes. <sighs> Get it out, man. You don't have to do that all the time, but do it several times a day. And you'll notice that a sense of calmness and serenity and uh, grounding will, if you breathe correctly, most people do not. I, I watch people, and, and when they talk, they're like this. Yeah, let me tell you about how... I was the other day when uh, we went on our trip, and see, they're not breathing correctly. If you breathe correctly, you don't notice um, pauses <clears throat> where people are taking breath, like singers. You know, there's an exercise singers do. You take a breath, put your hand on your abdomen, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty. I, I can go up to sixty like that without taking a breath, because I was a trained speaker. And I'm going to tell you, most people can't do ten. They'll go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And uh, but but it's not that you can just speak through it, but that you speak without a weakening of your voice. You know, it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. This is how how long can you maintain a firm voice, or if you're singing, a firm uh, tone. You know, if you're a singer, you know they go ah, and you hear those singers that can like hold a note. Uh, Pavarotti, you know, these guys they can hold a note for a damn hour. So. Breathing correctly, and I know I'm going on a long time about this, but man, breathing and walking and meditating, if you master these three things only this year, breathing, walking, and meditating, oh, you'll be great. You'll, be, you'll, you'll just be going great. Um, <clears throat> one, of the, one, of the, um, um, one of the best things um, you can do is to... Um, don't worry about what other people think. I mean, really don't. And don't, you know, sociopaths, uh, you know, sociopaths truly don't care about other people. And someone once told me, you know, when I said, I, I really don't worry about the opinion of other people. And they said, well, that means you're a sociopath. I said, okay, now that's why you shouldn't read pop psychology. Sociopaths truly have no attachment to human beings. Uh, they cannot think of, you know, you and I. When 
two people come together like you and me, we have boundaries, right? You know, I say, well, you know, what can I do for you? What can you do for me? But, you know, a sociopath is like, what's in this for me? And I can just do whatever I want to this other person because they don't really have feelings. See, there's a difference there. When when you don't worry about what other people think, this means you don't put on a show just to get approval from other people. You don't have a fake smile. You don't dress a certain way. You don't act a certain way just so people will like you. Approve of yourself, like yourself for who you are. And if you do that, you're going to attract the people to you who are genuine and like you for yourself. When I was in high school, uh, I was one of the freaks and geeks. You know, and uh, we dressed differently. We had different hair. We acted differently. We spoke differently. And you know, the uh, uh, you know the social people. You know, the people who had more money, uh, who were in all the clubs. You know, cheerleaders, uh, football players, actor people. They all dressed the same. They all had the same haircuts, and they all called us freaks and geeks and you know queers and whatever. We knew what we were. We knew who we were. It's like, oh, oh, you're, oh my God, you know, a guy called me, you know, you long-haired freak. I said, oh wait, what? I got long hair? Oh my God, <laughs> you know, I didn't know any of this. We knew we were freaks and geeks, and we all hung out together in the art room. You know, our art teacher, Owen Weston, you know, love him. He's still a good friend of mine. Gave us a sanctuary, and we hung out there among ourselves. We knew who we were. We chose to dress that way. We chose to have long hair. We chose to have uh, a way of acting and speaking. And we read um, controversial books and we brought up controversial points. We knew who we were. Unlike all the people who were all wearing the same clothes because they were afraid of a, you know, somebody might uh, have a difference of opinion. You know, I say, oh my God, you're not wearing the, uh, the popular shirt or the popular shoes or driving the popular car, we knew who we were. We didn't want to be. I mean, I I could have gone down to the same stores and bought the same. I was making money in high school. I'll tell you that. I was making a lot of money. Uh, I had my own place to live at one point, and uh, I could have gone down and bought those same shirts and shoes and stuff, but it wasn't me. It wasn't me. And um so, you know, these guys, are, all you freaks, you queers, you uh, faggots, you uh, 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 homos, you know, you uh, uh, hippies, you, uh, we, it's like, okay, so we know who we are. What are you? You know, who are you? Yeah. And after high school, we still knew who we were. And to this day, we know who we were. So don't worry about <clears throat> um, what people think. Truly, that, that one thing, that one thing will set you free. Don't worry about what other people think. The opinions of others are worthless. I'm going to tell you, uh, there was a, a thing in the Dhammapada, you know, the collection of verses by the Buddha, and it says, um, <clears throat> just as a rock is unmoved by the wind and the rain, so are the wise unmoved by praise or blame. And I love that so much. I love that so much. And uh, that's something that I carried with me. There, there are several things that... Uh, I've read in uh, Buddhism that just stopped me, and I said, yes, yes, that is true. Just as a rock remains unmoved by praise or blame, so is, so are the wise unmoved by praise or blame. Don't let your head be turned by flattery. Don't let your mood be affected by somebody saying bad things about you. Uh, <clears throat> um, understand life isn't always what you want, but you got to be flexible. Uh, the life you have may not be the life you planned, and uh, that's fine. Uh, sometimes we 
have this idea, and sometimes it's not our idea, uh, teachers, parents, um, church, society says, this is how you should be. This is how you should live. This is who you should be. And we think this is how life's going to go, and that's not how it is. So if you have all these expectations, uh, believe me, the more expectations you have, the greater you're setting up your chances of uh, disappointment. You're setting up barriers. You're setting up limitations. So if you don't have a lot of expectations, I don't mean live a life of nihilism you know, or depression, but if you expect that everything's going to go your way all the time, you got I got bad news for you. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> my little granddaughter, when she was three, she was in uh, this daycare, and uh, uh, a woman out of her home, a wonderful woman was out of her home, and there was this little spoiled brat. God, he was so spo- – he just tells parents uh, where these uh, enlightened young people that read a lot of books, and they had no idea how to raise this little brat, and he thought he ruled the world, so uh, – he he wanted a, a toy my granddaughter was playing with, and she said no. And he went over to the chair and pitched a temper tantrum, crying, "I want it! I want! It, I want it!" I said, "I said, man, I'm, I said, if if you're gonna cry every time a girl doesn't give you what you need or what you want, if, if you're gonna cry every time a girl doesn't give you what you want, do I have bad news for you for the rest of your life?" And and the woman there that ran that center, she was like going, oh, 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 because she, she kind of wanted to laugh, but she's also kind of appalled. But I was, you know, hell, he was he was like four years old. He needed to start hearing that. You know, if you're going to cry every time you don't get what you want, I got bad news for you. Um, man, you better buy a whole lot of Kleenex. But if when you don't get what you want, it makes when you do get what you want much more precious. I'm going to tell you, everything I've got, I work for first generation of my family to go to high school, much less graduate. My dad was the first generation of his family that could read. My parents had no value in education at all, no value at all. I went to high school, went to college. I went to college three times. I did all this myself. Nobody gave me that. And I'm going to tell you, if I was discouraged, I would have given up. I got out of high school. I could not do long division. When I got out of high school, they they just kind of coasted me through because, you know, remember I was a freak and a geek and a hippie and a troublemaker, right? So they just coasted me through math. They gave me a, a passing grade, let me out. So I entered college unable to do algebra, long division, which meant my advisor took me aside and said, you know, uh, you're never going to be able to graduate unless you make up this math deficiency because you can't take algebra and geometry and stuff without this. So I had to go back to summer school at the age of 19 and take basically um, middle school math onward, which I took in summer school. So, you know, if they told me that, you know, I I can just see people now, well, I'm not going to go back and do that. You know, screw you, screw the system, screw the man. I'll go out and make up my own. But you know what you learn in college is not an education. And I can't get this through to some people. What you learned in college is how to deal with the system. And when you go to apply for a job and he sees that you went to college for uh, you know two semesters and dropped out, he says, well, he's going to work here for about six weeks. And when things get hard, he's going to drop out too. If you go to college, and I don't care what you major in, if you major in um, finger painting and you finish it and you do good grades and you do it uh, you know, a four-year degree in four years and not ten years, and you go to a job, he's going to say, okay, here's someone who can plan, who can set goals, who can deal with bureaucratic crap, who can see things through. 
I want to hire this person, and I can't get this through to young. Oh, I, anything I need to learn, I'll learn on my own. Okay, really? Are you going to learn how to impress an employer when you show up with a job? You're 22 years old, and you've had 20 jobs, and he says, well, how come you can't keep a job, son? Why can't you follow things through? You know what? We finished up this week. I'm going to um, let you go. We only have a few minutes left. And, you know, thanks, guys, for everything. Thanks for sticking with me in this long, interesting ride. Uh, you know how much I love you guys. Why don't you come back in 2018, and we will start all over again. Uh, John St. Germain signing off for the Crystal Silence League for 2017. See you next year. Stick around. we got some music for you, though. To my big brother, we George, have a minute and a half left. The richest man in town. <laughs> Right. That's right. Oh, boy, Claire.